This is Simple Ritz Radio, episode 24, and today we're talking about the bases. Yes, those bases, but with friends and not lovers. Don't be alarmed. Because when you actually get to know someone and start to learn who she is and what she's passionate about and why she's the way she is and her background and the history that comes into how she's developed the thoughts she has and the way that she parents or does her job or whatever it is that she does, the, the more you start to understand where she's coming from. Um, and I think that that allows us to be more loving and kind to one another. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Schurm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw, it's real, it's unfiltered. It's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Scherr. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, I just wanted to remind you that this show is dedicated to simplifying your health, allowing you to live with more purpose, more joy, and ultimately achieve the lasting health you've been looking for. Today, we're breaking down another barrier in health, and that is relationships, and really understanding the value and having healthy relationships. So often we look at health as just what we eat and how much we exercise, but that's just a small fragment of health. I'm on a mission here to help you see health as a whole, and that comes from every aspect of your life, including finances, stress level, and friendship, which is a direct indicator of our overall joy. And my friend, I want nothing more than to see you live with more joy, to let go of some of the baggage holding you back, and instead set it down and walk into a new life. We're on this together, and this episode is definitely one I'm working on with you. Today on the show, we have guest Melanie Dale. Melanie is a two-time author writing Women Are Scary, The Totally Awesome Adventure of Finding Mom Friendships, and her second and latest book, It's Not Fair, Learning to Love a Life You Didn't Choose. She is also host of her own podcast, Lighten Up with Melanie Dale, definitely funny and lighthearted and something that you're going to want to check out. In all, Melanie is on a mission to help pull you from the slump of life and fully live no matter where you are or what your circumstance is. She is funny, lighthearted, and yet passionate, someone you're definitely going to want to follow. In this episode, we're going to be talking about what you should do when you're living the life you didn't wish, how to get over the it's not fair tantrums, and ultimately how to run the basis of friendship. So here she is, Melanie Dale. Melanie is author of my favorite book this year, It's Not Fair, which Melanie, honestly, I'm having like one of those deep realities this past year where I just find myself having little kid temper tantrums almost of saying all the time, I feel like my life isn't fair and I just don't understand and things aren't going my way. And I feel like that's probably more common than I realized. I thought I was just kind of this crazy one out here doing that. But how do we deal with this issue in life of life isn't fair? Yeah, I when I started writing the my book it's not fair. I felt like I always struggle with this feeling and then I I have three kids and they're constantly saying it's not fair, it's not fair and then I kind of banned that from my house and said okay, nobody can say that anymore and then they shortened it to like INF and they would like <laughs> whisper that under their breath INF. And um and so and then the more I talked to other people the more they'd be like, "Oh, it's not fair." And um so so my book the the subtitle is Learning to Love the Life You Didn't Choose because I think that that's 
the tension so many of us can feel, you know, there's the little things that feel like, oh, this isn't fair. Like, you know, you have just one of those days where your car breaks down and then you get mustard all over your outfit and then like all the the, like little things. But then we also have the big things in life where we think our life is going to go one direction and we have hopes and plans. Maybe it's our career or our education or a relationship, our family, our health. And then we end up in a totally different place than we thought we would. And it can feel not fair. And what do we do about that? So, um, yeah, so I wrote a book, really not, not a book that's going to solve all of our problems. And it, there's no 12 step plan to loving your life, you know, but I wanted to write a book that kind of would come alongside you and be a friend for you as you're going through something hard. So that's what my book is. It's, I share some coping strategies for, um, things that, that help me. And then, um, just collected stories of, of things that happen to people and how we deal with them and how hopefully by the end we, um, come out and feel like we're not alone. So that's kind of what I want people to get out of it. I would say it's definitely that it's like a book that has you laughing and crying, like all the same time in this weird sort of way that just kind of brings some comfort to the situation, whatever (laughs) situation, because the reality is, is Mm -hmm. I feel like it's so common and, probably more than people talk about that their life isn't necessarily down the path that they thought it was going to, or there's no perfect formula for that. And I think it's easy for us to get into this mindset of we think this is what our life is going to look like. And we hope this is what our life is going to look like, but the reality is it might not. And, and so what's your experience been with that? Like having this vision for your life, but then getting to that point in your life and it's totally different. Yeah. So I'd say there's kind of two layers to that for me. Um, and I talk about this in the book as well. Like when I first started writing it, I thought that I was going to write about how I learned to love my life. And you can too, Um, that it's as if there's like a box to check when, once you've learned to love it. Um, and so for me, the kind of the first layer to this was I dealt with infertility for about five years. Um, I married my college sweetheart and, you know, we were together for a couple of years and then we wanted to have kids and I encountered just, um, loss after loss and grief and, um, just feeling so frustrated frustrated and broken, um, through a five-year battle with infertility. And it was really difficult. It, it completely wrecked me. I experienced a lot of depression through that. And, um, and so then through that process, and then, um, as we finally were able to build our family through both, um, in vitro and also adoption through all of that, um, I learned to love my life, the life I didn't choose. So I, that's really how I started writing this book. And then in the middle of writing it, my life sort of fell apart again. And I realized that, um, learning to love your life isn't something that just happens and then you're done. It's like a daily commitment to do the work, to learn to love your life. And so, so during the writing of the book, um, we, I have three kids, um, and we encountered diagnoses for them where I found myself sitting over and over again with many different professionals and teachers and, and people in our lives, like sitting down and hearing labels on my children, hearing things that, that we're now dealing with. Um, and so learning to, learning to love my life and, and the kids that I have and the things that we're going through and the fact that my home life looks a lot different than I pictured in my little, you know, how you, how you picture your life is going to go and, um, and that it can be awesome and you can learn to love it. So, so it's kind of a multi-layered feeling for me. I think, um, the the learning to love the life. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 
And I like how you said it's like a daily choice because I think it's so often that we wish it was just a box that we checked off and that we would never fight that battle again. But it's so reoccurring and it really has to be a, a daily thing. So do you have any like, do you have anything that makes that easier? Anything you tell yourself or is it like just waking up each day and choosing to make that choice? Yeah, there are definitely some things that I do on a daily basis that help. Um, the first one is I, I count the wins every day. Um, I count the wins, you know, it's, it's easy to sometimes feel like it's all loss right? <laughs> and, um, there's just so much pain and struggle and you get to the end of a day and you just feel like this is, this is impossible. Everything went wrong. Um, and you think about all the things that went wrong. And so I really try at the end of a day to think about what went right. What were the wins in that day? Even if they're tiny, even if they're completely silly, um, I try to think of those. And so even in some of the challenges that I have personally, and then also, um, with my kids thinking about, well, well, here are the things that went wrong, but what went right. And so count those and, and let yourself take a second to celebrate those. Um, (laughs) and so that has been very helpful for me. Um, even when I'm in the worst mood to just stop and pause. And my husband do that to get, we, we do that together sometimes like, okay, let's count the wins. What are the wins? Um, and so that that's one huge thing. And then another thing that I try to do, uh, regularly, my friend Fabiola actually gave me some advice when we were in the waiting process for one of our adoptions and things were taking longer than we thought. And life felt really heavy and we weren't sure what the outcome was going to be. She told me to light the yummy candle, like the one (laughs) at the bottom of the drawer. Like we all have like a candle or maybe it's a tube of lotion, like the fancy thing that someone gave you as a gift, but it's too nice. So you don't want to use it for every day and you keep waiting for that moment, you know, but when life is hard, like that's when you need to pull the candle out or use the yummy lotion or whatever it is that you've been saving for a great day. Like use it on a bad day, use it on a difficult day. And so I try to do that. Like I, you know, if I have a fancy candle or I have something special, or maybe a shirt that I was going to wear for a, you know, on a great evening out. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wear it today. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to wear it in the middle of my yoga pants and it's cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, just find the ways to em- embrace, um, those things even on days that are really hard. Yeah. So right. those are a couple of things that I do every day. And then, and then every morning I wake up and I open up my palms, like as, as my alarm's going off, I turn my alarm off. I open up my palms, like, like palm up. And I just say, Lord, thank you for another day. I invite you into that. And so that for me with, with my faith, that helps me to just kind of open my hands to God and invite him into my day, um, not knowing what's going to happen that day. And so, you know, if, if that works for you, great. If it's something else of just, just taking a moment to say, I have another day. I've been given another day mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for it. Um, I find that helpful as well. Right. Like kind of waking up determined each day that today is my day and it's not going to be ruined kind of thing. Although this morning I, I had to do this too. I had to catch myself. My kids woke up way too early and I automatically go to, this is going to be the worst day ever just because they yes. woke up before, you know, before they should, like before I should be awake. And so I automatically go there. So it's just like kind of like taking a deep breath and and stepping aside and being like, okay, like we can do today, um, even though we're still in today. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, but there's so I feel like there's this big movement with people thinking themselves into the life that they want. You know, like there's this belief out there that if we just think about it, if we really believe it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But 
you know, like, I I feel like thinking it doesn't mean it's magically going to happen. Like, how do we distinguish confidence in the life we desire, but yet also accepting God's plan for our life, which could be far different than the life that we envision? Oh, that's a really good question. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I, there are plenty of things I wish that I could sink my way into. I would have loved to have thought my way into having a baby when I was ready to have one. Right. Um, but yeah, you're right. Sometimes you just, you can't think something into, into existence. Yeah. How do we embrace what we already have, I guess. And be, I think, I think it's possible to, to be grateful for and present in the life that we have and not, not throwing away the present for what we hope comes. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like not looking Um, too much in the future that we can't see what's happening now. Is that kind of where you're going? Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause okay. I, my aunt used to give us these presents on Christmas. Um, you know, we'd show up at my grandparents' house with everybody and there'd be like the big presents with all the big bows on them. And they were the expected presents. They were the ones that we were waiting for. We were pretty sure if we got our list of Santa, right, we were pretty sure we knew what was going on inside of those packages and they were the expected presents. Um, but then my aunt was an estate, estate sale shopper. And so all year long, she'd go to these estate sales and she would pick up these like bonus presents, these extra things that would, she'd see it somewhere. It would make her think of us and she'd wrap them up and stick them under the Christmas tree in between the expected presents. And so these were like the unexpected presents, these, um, and, and she, she delineated them and separated them from the other stuff by not putting bows on them. And she called them no bows. (laughs) So these were like the no bow presents. And, um, and so we we would open all of our bow presents and we would have all these wonderful things, but then we would get these no bow presents um, and they would be so delightful and unexpected. Um, and I think that that is like life. <laughs> that is right. like what we go through. Um, we have these, these things that we're expecting, these things that we've asked for, these things that we're trying to will our thoughts into existence, the ex- expected things, but then we have these no-bo things in our life. They're unexpected. And, and at first you might be surprised by them or caught off guard, but when we really let ourselves, um, appreciate them for what they are, they can bring so much joy. And, um, and so, and we would miss them. We might miss them if we were focused only on the things we're trying to make happen and the things that we are, are gunning for. We would miss these beautiful, unexpected, no-bo presence in our life. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I think living, living day to day and going, okay, my life is not how I thought it would be. It's, it's not quite what I had in mind, some things, and some things are very hard. And I know some people are going through some really, really hard things. And so even in the midst of the hard stuff, how can we stop and look and, and find those no-bo, those unexpected presents, the gifts that we have that can bring us joy, even in the midst of pain? Right. But you have to see that through yeah. the current situation, which can be challenging in itself. And I think yeah. for, me, for me, like I through my journey, I have come to a place of appreciating the really difficult things that have I've gone through um, and, and finding the joy in the midst of the pain. But I would never tell someone else to do that. I would never tell some else, someone else to be grateful for the pain they're experiencing mm-hmm. because I just think that that's a cruel thing to say to someone. You know, um, right. I think we're all in our personal journeys. And so I can celebrate the fact that I've found joy in the midst of, of hardship, but I don't necessarily want to hear someone tell me that, right. <laughs> Oh, you need to find joy in the midst of hardship. You know, like, don't tell me that. Right. 
yeah, that I mean, it makes it makes total sense. I mean, I think about the things that I've gone through in my own life and the really hard things, and you wouldn't trade them for anything, but you also wouldn't wish them on anyone. And but at the same time, there's so much growth in those situations and in those phases, and it's a weird balance kind of undescribable but yeah telling someone that is probably not what you want to hear in the moment (laughs) uh i promise that this wouldn't be any health doc on here but i feel like we have we all have health and i've i've talked about this a lot before you know eating and food is just such a small part of health and i really feel like without that foundation of of faith and like hope and um you know having something greater you really don't have health you know we can look at someone's health and we can think, you know, or at your own health and think, I'm just not where I wish I was. Like, I'm not at the weight I wish I was, or I don't have the body type I wish I had. And some things we can't change, but but still we look at it and we think it's not fair. You know, it's not fair that I can't look like so-and-so, or it's not fair that I can't lose the weight like so-and-so. Is there a simple process for like dealing with these issues in life? Like as as big as infertility or as uh, as different as weight loss, like essentially regaining to a life we want and desire? Like, is there a a process of moving from it's not fair to, okay, like let's move on from it's not fair and deal with what we have? Did I make any sense? (laughs) Well, what comes to mind and the first thing that I thought of when you said that was, um, I think we have to mourn our expectations before we can move on. Mm. We have to give ourselves permission to, to mourn what we thought it was going to be. So whether that's, um, you had a certain, um, expectation on your health or your body type or, or your relationship with something, um, or something like, um, infertility or career or whatever. I think, um, when you, when you end up in a place where you is different than you thought it was going to be, we have to give ourselves permission to mourn the loss because Mm -hmm. it is a loss and it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. So me mourning the fact that I thought my children were going to come in a certain, a certain way, um, it takes nothing away from my, my children that I have and the way that they came and who they are. It, um, it's just about mourning your expectations, um, and laying those down and going, you know what, we have, we have a different thing going on. Um, and I think when we do that, when we give ourselves the grace to grieve, then that allows us to have the freedom then to pick up what is true in our life and to embrace that, um, rather other than hanging on to some unresolved grief in our mm-hmm. life. So, um, and for me, definitely therapy is a huge part of that. I, I actually just can't, went to my therapist this morning. And so, um, I think mental health is so important and I'm teaching my kids that as well. And so, um, whether that's going to a counselor or, um, maybe you have a group of friends who you can process some things with, I just think it's so important to give ourselves the space and the permission to kind of grieve what we thought life is going to be like. Right. Right. And I really like, I mean, I feel like that is like the tip of the iceberg where we suppress so many feelings that we can't really feel anymore. You know, like we've, we've layered it so deep that we don't even know what's, what's happening. And then we have this inability to ask for help. And, and I'm with you on that one. Like I believe there's power in just being able to talk to someone and verbalizing that. And so I really liked, mm-hmm. you know, how you brought that up and, and said that because I feel like there's, there could, I mean, it can be a shameful thing or what other, what we think other people are is like shaming us for needing help or needing to talk to us. But don't we all like we all need that, Um, which brings us, you know, like to the next point, which is comparison. 
comparison is like such a big issue in motherhood and our body image and our careers pretty much everywhere. Mm -hmm. And when I mentioned my like adult temper tantrums, they have happened more this year than I'd like to admit. And I think so many of them are just stemming from comparison. And everyone looks so Mm -hmm. perfect, you know, on social media. And as I type another blog post sitting in my pajamas at three o'clock in the afternoon with my kids vegged out in front of the TV, everything's a mess. And I just think, I am kind of getting nowhere, you know, like I don't understand this. But what is it about comparison that gets us and and how can we like pull ourselves out of that trap of comparison? Oh, man, that is so hard because I, I totally struggle with that too. I definitely think when I spend too much time online, that's when I, it really sucks me down. And mm-hmm. I start to feel like everyone else has more happening. Every- Everyone else has their lives more together. Everyone else's kids wear matching clothes and I start to spiral out of control. I'm like, I've been on Facebook too long. I need to get off. Um, So I, for me, definitely like limiting social media. um, And because that is where comparison can really trap me. And then something that I've, I need to actually say out loud to myself sometimes when I see someone else having a success in an area, I have to tell myself this takes nothing from you. I am happy for her. Right. (laughs) Um, and actually say it out loud because it's like, I know myself and it's in my heart. So I might as well just acknowledge it and, and like say it out loud and call myself out on it. Right. (laughs) Cause I'll see something and I'm like, Oh gosh, that's bringing me to the dark place. I should be happy for her. This takes nothing away from me. Her receiving that amazing thing is a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. So I need to celebrate. And so sometimes that means also like, congratulating my friends on something, even though inside I'm comparing myself and Mm -hmm. now I feel lesser and I'm struggling with my own stuff. I'm going to just, um, make sure that I'm complimenting someone else or I'm sharing someone else's thing. Um, and I'm, I'm uplifting other people. Um, and that helps me stop comparing myself to them when I'm actually celebrating them. Right. And I found that a lot when I, when I was going through infertility, it was really hard because it just felt like everyone else is getting pregnant, you know, and and it was so painful. It was so painful. And and these were my friends. I love these people. And so there were definite times where I had to take care of myself and, and just stay home and, uh, grieve and not put myself in a situation where it's just going to be hard. So there were, there were days like that where, and and that is okay to do. If you Mm -hmm. need to just skip a baby shower or, or not go hang out with all your friends who are pregnant and just take care of yourself, that is totally okay. But then there were other times where I was feeling okay. And, and I really tried to make the effort to celebrate other people's pregnancies and, um, and make sure and let them know how happy I was for them. And that helped I think in me keep a soft heart when there could have been so much bitterness and there was some bitterness, you know, and, right. but it helped kind of keep, keep my heart soft to other people as I was feeling like, uh, it really wasn't fair. Yeah. Right. So do you think comparison is not necessarily, um, having, you know, a real bitter heart towards a person or disliking a person, but more kind of disheartened with your own situation? For me, I feel inferior. Like a comparison happens when I'm already feeling weak in an area. I already am feeling unsure. And if I'm good enough and, and then I secretly worry, what if I don't measure up? And then I see someone else have something amazing and it, it confirms my own fear to me. Mm-hmm. So it's less about someone else. And yeah, I think you're totally right. And it's more about what's happening inside of my own brain. Right. It's kind of a, you, you love those people. I have the same thing. You know, I have friends who do really great things and, um, there are people and it's not like, I don't love the person. Like, I think they're great friends. It's just like, I'm almost angry at my own situation. So 
maybe it is go yeah. back to just like mourning that, you know, mourning where I am mm-hmm. and allowing yourself space, which is something probably not a lot of us do is ha- taking the time to look inwardly and realizing that that's almost essential in the health of who you are as an individual and your mind um, and finding those outlets to do that. So what are your outlets? Like you said uh, therapy, obviously getting counseling is, is your outlet. Do you have any other outlets? Yeah. Cultivating really strong um, friendships has been really important. My first book was about that. And um, I, I feel like my friends make me a better person and, um, and they, so I, so I definitely feel like an outlet for me is those really strong female friendships that I have, that I cultivate, um, Mm -hmm. the, the refuges in my life, the places I can go for safety and, um, where we build each other up, where we call each other out. And, um, and so you don't, each person is different. You don't need necessarily a whole million bajillion of these people, but if you have just a few of those safe people in your life, in my book, I call them the grace bearers, um, the people that will bring you grace, that give you grace even when you're going through something hard, um, the people who are are safe to you, who aren't going to go um, you know, gossip behind your back and who can just really hold you and, and point you towards the light when you're in a dark place. Um, I That's a huge outlet for me. So um, I think that when you can come alongside someone and, and experience that me too feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. like me too, we're going through this together. Like our our situations may be different, but, but we're together in this. And, and I felt that way too. I understand me too. Um, I, I, those, those relationships are so powerful and so cathartic for me. I, that is something I really need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like Melanie mentioned, she wrote a book called women are scary, which the subline is the totally awkward adventure of finding mom friends. Why are women so scary? <laughs> I I think it's intimidation. It's uh, for me. It's ju- judge comparison is what I call it. Right. It's, I like to make up, but it's it's judgment and comparison. I feel like um, I'm always worried other women are going to judge me, so I like judge them ahead of time in my in my head, <laughs> and um, and so that's a barrier for me. And then comparison, like we just talked about. I think um, I'm always comparing myself to other women. So like I show up at an event or a church or whatever. And I open my minivan door and like trash spills out on the ground and my kids are fighting and I feel like my whole life is a mess. And then I look across the parking lot and she's getting out of her minivan and it has like the like automatic doors right. that glide open. It's like a halo comes out and, and everybody's dressed nicely and no one's fighting. And I'm like, what is her magic? Like, right. how does she do this? Why do I suck at this? Um, so yeah, I think judgment and comparison for me are, are some things that cause me to be intimidated by other women. Um, and I think developing these real relationships with women are, are the things that have broken down those barriers for me. And, and I really can say, honestly, like I love women and I'm so grateful for the women in my life. Right. And your book, don't you call them mom? <laughs> is it mom relationships? Is that how you I do. That? Yeah. Mom relationships, <laughs> mom relationships. And you talk about and it, it like running the bases. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a dating analogy, like you're going around the bases, but they're different bases than the other dating bases, (laughs) thankfully. Good, yes. (laughs) Can you tell us what the bases, like, can you just give us some insight, not to give away the book, but just a little bit about these bases and how to find a home run friend? 
<laughs> um, first base is uh, basically no one really signs up to be a friend on first base. First base is you just find yourself in a room with other women because you signed your kid up for soccer practice or swimming lessons or dance class or whatever it is that you're doing with your kid. Um, and so you just show up and there they are. And you could either just stare at your phone for an hour which is a valid option, which I do regularly, <laughs> or you can actually make small talk with the people in the room. And so it's kind of the awkward small talk phase. Um, and my advice for that phase is if you don't know what to say, say something encouraging because as women, we all need as much encouragement as we can get. And so just be encouragers of one another, um, which may get you to second base. <laughs> and second base is when you're going to be a little more intentional and you actually, um, meet her somewhere like at a playground or grab lunch or whatever. And the kids play and you guys get to know each other a little bit more. Um, it's neutral territory and, um, you, you start to learn a little bit about each other. Um, an opinion or two might arise. And in that case, we tend to want to squash each other with our much more well-researched opinion. Um, but my advice for that stage is the, wow, that's so awesome route. So if she says something that you're like, whoa, I disagree with that, rather than immediately giving her the smackdown with your much more knowledgeable opinion, just um, tell her, wow, that's so awesome. Tell me more about whatever it is that she's, she's talking about. Um, and not that we need to disagree with everything everyone's saying, but, um, or, or agree. We don't have to agree with everybody, but, but it's just an opportunity to, uh, be a good listener mm -hmm. and a good learner of her and, um, to dis dis um, establish trust in the relationship. And if you nail second base, you might make it third base, which is when you invite her back to your place <laughs> and, <laughs> This is getting real. <laughs> or, or she invites, yeah, and or she invites you to her place, and on um, on third base, you um, you may see some dirty dishes, you may see some dirty laundry, and um, it's it's you're not really putting on airs anymore. You might not. I mean, you shouldn't even bother with that because your kids or like your pets are gonna out you as the faker you are if you try to pretend that you're someone else at this point, just be yourself. Um, and, and so at that point too, your, your kids are going to have to learn how to share their toys if you have kids. And so that leads to like a whole new layer of awkwardness. Um, and then fourth base, the home run is the best because at that point you like each other so much, you don't even need the kids anymore. <laughs> you ditch the kids, you go out for mom's night out. And, and the way you know if you're ready for, for fourth base or a home run is if you actually want to spend some of your precious alone time. We, we get such a little alone time. So if you actually want to share some of that with this person, then you know you've found your fourth baser and, mm -hmm. and she's, she's there for you. So that's, that's a rundown of the basis. <laughs> I like it. It makes so much sense. And it helps to clearly, like, we all know the basis from like elementary school. So it just brings it to light. And I feel like mom relationships can kind of be like catty, you know, like sometimes. Um, so it's, Finding those true relationships, which is hard in the world of social media. Let's be honest. Someone could have 500 friends on Facebook and have no true relationship. So like in your own life, right. what does this, what do you feel like this relationship is or, or just in general, like why is having healthy relationships so important in our lives? Yeah. Yeah. I think that having healthy relationships helps us feel connected and supported. And it really leads from my first book into my second book then. So my first book, I really want to teach people how to 
be a good, like find your friends and, and be a friend. And then in your second, the second book, I really want to be your friend when you're going through something hard. And for many of us, we don't know when the hard stuff is going to hit. And so it's so important to do the work of finding and cultivating healthy friendships because uh, when, when you go through something difficult, whether it's something major and life altering or just, just a hard day, you want those friendships there for you. And you want to be there for your friends when they're going through something hard. So, so having these relationships can just help you feel so connected and supported. I know my friends have made me a better mom. Um, they've made me a better wife. They've made me a better person, a better writer, just all of it. The, the women that are speaking into my life, um, have been so hugely helpful to me in my second book. It's not fair. I actually have one of the chapters is a list called a hundred ways you can help someone. And, um, because I think so much of the time when we're going through something hard, we can feel alone and, um, and, or we can feel like we don't know what to do. We don't know how to ask for help. Um, and then if your friend is going through something hard, you aren't really sure how to, how to help her. Um, and so I tried to think of everything anyone has ever done for me that I've loved. And then also all the things that I've done for my friends when they go through something hard and kind of put it into a list and you're not going to love everything on the list, but there's, there's something in there for everyone. Um, I tried to hit like all the different ways people feel loved and put them all into a list. Um, because I do think that like we have each other, you know, we are, we are, we, um, we're here for each other and can make our lives better. Um, and that's part of, part of how you learn to love the life you didn't choose is I think by the healthy relationships that you can cultivate even in the hard stuff. Right. Yeah. But we're such, women are such a judgy breed. I would say, you know, like I feel like we put the most judgment on each other even more than, and I feel like we sometimes try to pull the men into this, you know, whether our husbands or other men, um, into this mix, but really I feel like it kind of boils down to us just destroying each other in, in some ways, you know, like the hurt and the pain, um, we can cause each other. Like, what do you see, as being the pain that women cause each other and like how can we just like knock it off you know like how can we really band together to lift each other up instead of continuously be in this phase of just judgment and cruelty and hate towards one another Ooh, i know i and i always hate to speak in broad generalizations so um there's probably plenty of women who don't struggle with judgment. I know I struggle with it personally, that I can definitely um, be judgmental and, and I can feel it when I go online and read things, um, that absolutely, I think a lot of us, um, um, tend towards Mm -hmm. judgment. Um, and I think again, for me, the thing that has helped me, um, lay down the judgment and, um, develop a more open mind has been in cultivating relationships because when you actually get to know someone and start to learn who she is and what she's passionate about and why she's the way she is and her background and the history that comes into how she's developed the thoughts she has and the way that she parents or does her job or whatever it is that she does, the, the more you start to understand where she's coming from. Um, and I think that that allows us to be more loving and kind to one another. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I want people to be kind to me. And so I really want to cultivate kindness in myself to other people. It does not come naturally for me. I think some people are just naturally kind and gentle. That is not me. It's something I have to work on. (laughs) I'm right there with you. (laughs) But so I have like two questions that I've been thinking a lot about, and I just kind of want to know your opinion. The first one is, do you feel like in order to really have healthy relationships and really express love that you have to have self-love? Or do you think that having healthy relationships helps you create self-love? Ooh, 
I think it can go both ways, actually, mm-hmm. when I think about it, because um, I definitely think that, um, you know, you always hear the the phrase hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so definitely if you have your own hurt going on and, and there's a struggle there, it can make make you more likely to hurt someone else because you're hurting. I mean, I see that in my own life when I'm having a bad day and I'm hurting about something, I'm much more likely to lash out at my kids or my husband or whatever. Right. Um, and so I definitely think, um, in some ways, yes, like, um, it can, it can go from self outward, but I also think that the people, um, that, that the people in in my life loving me unconditionally, um, and then, and and God loving me unconditionally and giving me grace also allows me to, um, to feel loved, which then creates love inside of me. So I kind of see it both ways for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I, I too feel like, you know, like when you hurt people, hurt people, I, I feel like that is like, I see that in my own self. And I feel like a lot of that just stems from insecurities in my own life. And when those insecurities get brought up, then mm-hmm. I just, you know, kind of become this evil person. And, you know, I just have a lot of fear and I don't want that <laughs> shame and vulnerability to like overtake me. But I feel like in those moments when there's like that mean girl, like maybe those are the people who need to be surrounded by the most love, because like you said, you never know mm. what they're going through. And I feel like I personally need to be like in friendships, a better asker of seeking out that because I know like when I'm going through something, it's so challenging to express that without someone asking you, you know, like without someone kind of pursuing you. And I feel like as women, we want to be pursued in that way, even by other women. And um, I don't know, what's your Mm -hmm. take on that? Like how as friends, can we help each other with our insecurities? Ooh, yeah, that's good. Um, I, well, it depends on what kind of level of friendship you have. You know, right. if if you're just an acquaintance, probably not a whole probably lot. Probably not uh, on for first those base. Of us who you are, wouldn't do this. <laughs> definitely not. It's not a first base topic. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but definitely, as you develop an intimacy and um and a deep relationship, I I think that we can be speaking truth to one another. Um, that we can be calling out the the positive things that we see in one another. Um, I have a couple of friends that I get together with who, um, I will just tear myself down and and have ne- negative things to, to say about myself, and they will stop me and they will replace those negative things with the truth and remind me of the truth when I can't see it for myself. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that we can be truth tellers to one another and, and, um, build each other up. And, and that's definitely something in those, you know, that fourth base level of friendship where we can start to do that for one another. Um, so we have to unfortunately get through the, the small talky phase to get to that, where we've got friends who we can trust, uh, to, to hold us in those difficult times. Right. Um, and then, you know, so I think that, and then I, I have friends who, um, will text me even, and and I do this for others as well, like text me the word of God. So, um, for me, like there are some verses that I just need to hear. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so getting a text with one of those, like, oh yeah, that's right. That, that is important. And I totally was not thinking about that in this moment. Thank you so much friend who just reminded me of the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, yeah, that helps me. (laughs) That kind of helps slap (laughs) it across your face so you can see it. So totally. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The other question that I ponder a lot is, do you think confidence, like confidence and even branching out and being willing to get off your phone and make it to first base, like confidence in general comes before change, or do you think change comes before confidence? I, I think there's a couple kinds of people in the world. There are initiators and then there are people who, who struggle with initiating, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think some people are just wired to be the initiators, um, who are going to be the ones to like ask you to do something or going to be the ones to check on you. Um, and so for them, I just, you know, that's a superpower that not all of us have. And so 
thank you for your service and please continue to right. be that for us. Um, and, and for initiators, I, I always tell them, you know, initiate without expectations because just because you reach out to someone or, or um, put yourself out there, if you hear no, or they turn you down, it it's, uh, could be any number of reasons. Um, she could be going through something hard. She could be afraid to put herself out there. She could just be busy. There's a lot of things that it could be before. It's just, she doesn't like your face, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, so I'm really grateful for the initiators out there. And then for the people who struggle with initiating, I think, um, sometimes we have to, we have to be bold and say, yes, you know, we, we might turn people down or say no, or kind of just stay closed off a little bit because, um, it's harder for us. And so I think that we need to occasionally say yes and put ourselves out there and take the risk, um, because it could be worth it. Right. It totally could be, you never know. Okay. This has been great. And there's so much wisdom in here, but I wanted to do like a little quick fire because I think it's fun and enlightening to just like know your favorite things and kind of what's going on in your own life. So I'm going to ask you like one topic and you just spit out whatever comes to the top of your head. So what's your favorite nail polish color? Zero, nothing. I don't put nail polish on. Yeah. I hate it. Um, my, my daughters love it and I cringe internally. Okay. I like the chip nail polish mom because my kids want me to put like you know, when they paint their nails and then I never take it off. And I'm like, yeah, this just looks horrible. So I'm with you. Mine's worse than yours. Mine's not like nothing. And it's not fantastic. It's like the chipped kid put on my nail polish. What's your favorite app? My favorite app is the Giphy app. What's the Giphy app? Giphy app. G-I-P-H-Y. The Giphy app. I love GIFs. Like they make me laugh hysterically. I love TV and movies. And so I'm always like searching out my favorite character in a GIF. And, and, you know, they're like the little tiny video increments of like person doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's an app where you can, you can, there's a search bar, you punch in anything you want and it'll pop up all these different GIFs. So if you're like, I want something, someone looking surprised and it'll punch, it'll just have like a million people oh, being funny. surprised in a short video. It's so fun. And I could stay on there for way too long. <laughs> okay. So that's where people get the videos that they like, like you put them on your blog posts sometimes. You, I do. I get yeah. them from Giphy and now I have the app on my phone and I just, it's fun. I put it on Twitter and I, I right. mean, it's ridiculous. I'm sick, <laughs> but I love it so much. <laughs> a new obsession. What's your favorite book? Yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh. It's so hard. Wow. How about um, just one you're loving? Okay. Lately? You want me to just do well, I, I, the Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is, is amazing. I love the Harry Potter series. So those are probably some classics that I absolutely mm-hmm. love. Um, right now, I, actually my son is reading all the Rick Riordan books. Okay. And so he's kind of got me into reading Rick Riordan books. So as you can tell, we're big science fantasy people yes. over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so yeah. It. Okay. What's your favorite? The, fall? the newest Rick Riordan book uh, launched this week. Um, so it's uh, Hammer of Thor just came out and my, my son is reading it. And I'm like, hurry up, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking it off. Uh, I also read grown-up books, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Give us a favorite grown-up book. Oh man, not as fun. Um, well, actually, I, I saw that you had her on earlier. Um, I love Allie Worthington's Breaking Busy. I thought oh, that one yeah. was really good. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like it's just like good for everyone to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's relatable. There's there's just a lot in it that's really good. Yeah, yeah, she's great. <laughs> What's your favorite fall food? Are you pumpkin girl um, or no? Like, are you just done dude. with pumpkin? 
I I have a bone to pick with pumpkin spice. I needed to get out of all the other spices. Like okay. it needs I so a pumpkin spice latte, fine. I'm fine with that, but it needs to get out of everything else right. cuz it's everywhere. Right. It's, like, it's out of control. It is crazy. <laughs> There's, I, yeah. I mean, now it's just like a marketing scheme. Okay. So what? Yeah, I'm a little angry about it. Like, do we need pumpkin spice Hershey's Kisses? No, we do not. <laughs> right. No, we do not. We don't need pumpkin spice chips. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Pumpkin right. spice ravioli. I don't think so. So, it so is my crazy. favorite fall. Yeah. It's crazy. My favorite fall thing. Gosh, I love, I love all things cinnamon. And so I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I just, I love that cinnamon right. taste. Like the spicy flavor. Yeah. How about your favorite mm-hmm. movie? You're a big movie buff. So what's your favorite movie? Yeah. And also hard. I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the movies. I, I also really love Avengers. Oh, I yeah. Felt like, and, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Those are two that just make me smile. They're just fun. <laughs> and then on the flip side, so you can see that I'm multi-layered. I love the BBC's uh, version of Pride and Prejudice with oh, Colin Firth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite date idea? Like something you and your husband, you know, do. Oh, we're not that exciting people. I will tell you. Um, I, I love just going to dinner and having a yummy meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then like just a, a regular date that we do and all three of our kids are in school now. And so about once a week, we try to go to a local coffee shop. We actually live right by where they film the walking dead oh. and we're huge fans. <laughs> and so there's a coffee shop. Uh, it was actually in season three um, of The Walking Dead. And there's a coffee shop right across where they film it. And so it's actually a great coffee shop. And they, they make the best bacon. And they have a coffee called Zombie Dark Roast. <laughs> and so we'll just go there and hang out and kind of stare across the street. You know, you can't see anything right. over those walls. But um, <laughs> we just dream about what the next season's going to be like. <laughs> and <laughs> Trying to get the inside look. <laughs> right. It's fun. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. Yeah, no, that's, I love doing breakfast dates. (laughs) And if there's a coffee place around here that has bacon, I would be all over it. So bacon and coffee. Yeah, perfect. What's your favorite thoughtful gift? Thoughtful gift. Oh, gosh. That's a really great question. Dang it. Obviously, I just need ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, well... What comes to my mind right now that I like, there's a, there's a company called Bear Soaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. Bear stands for something. It's an acronym, but I can't remember what it stands for, but B-A-R-E soaps. And um, they do handmade soaps and now they have handmade soy candles that are absolutely delicious. And uh, 20% of their proceeds go to different organizations to help people. And so one of the organizations that they support is one that I have worked with for the last seven years called Children's Hope Chest. And so they support um, a village in Uganda through, through part of their candle and soap sales. So I love, oh, that's cool. I just love supporting, um, really cool businesses that are giving back. And so yeah. that's, that's one of them that I really like. Yeah. yeah. I love that. There's a cool like mission spreading that people are just like starting businesses on a mission, you know, like having that. Yeah. I love it too. Yeah. So yeah, cool. every year on my blog, this will be my fifth year doing this. I think every year at Christmas time, I do a slave free Christmas. Oh, cool. Yes. And the idea is, um, yeah. And, um, you know, not that, like not that every single thing you have to buy has to be fair trade and perfect and whatever. I mean, that's really hard to do, especially when your kid really wants a certain thing for Christmas. But, but, um, I just like to 
create lists of like all these awesome businesses and just really give them a platform for like, look at all these amazing businesses and what they're doing. Um, and instead of buying your guests from here, you could buy them from these great people. And, and the proceeds are going to help all of these amazing initiatives around the world. And, um, and we're hiring artists from around the world and they're able to provide for their families now. And so I just love doing that. Um, so it, I kind of spent all year kind of researching all these really cool oh, yeah. uh, companies that are giving back and, and I love kind of turning my blog over to like a fair trade bazaar for the last month of the year every year. That's awesome. I'll have to link those up in the show notes for the last few years and then when it comes this season, which won't be long. Okay, one more. Yes, I'll send you the link for the fourth one. Yeah. Yes, that'd okay, be awesome. One more. One more. What's the best advice you've ever received? Ooh, okay. Um, Andy Stanley, who's a pastor here in the Atlanta area, he said something that has stuck with me. He said, do for one, what you wish you could do for everyone. Hmm. And, and this has really freed me up so often. We wish, you know, we could do, we could help everybody. And you see so much hurt and pain in the world and, and you want to help and you, you want to do everything, but then you, you get overwhelmed by numbers and you feel like, what can I do? I'm just one person. I can't do anything. Um, and so do for one, what you wish you could do for everyone, um, has freed me up to just help the person in front of me and then the next person and then the next person. And, um, I've, I've been partnered with a, a village in Uganda for seven years through hope chest. And, um, and it started with just sponsoring one child and and then another child and then raising some money for a development project there and we have over seven years there are now 300 kids in the program and and this this community is now thriving and these kids are are staying in school and they're going on to leadership training and they've got income generating programs and it really all started from just oh well, I'm gonna help one person and well let's see if we can help his friend well let's see who else we can help so I think that's probably the best advice I've been given yeah yeah I love it. No, I think that's so great because it is easy to get overwhelmed by like, oh my gosh, I want to help so many people. But realistically, the best yeah. place to start is with one. Awesome. Well, I so appreciate this and I would highly recommend Melanie's books to to you and to read and to really dig in and just know that you're not alone in this. And so Melanie, can you just tell us more where we can learn more about you and the amazing work that you're doing? Sure. Thank you. You. Um, you can find my books, It's Not Fair and Women Are Scary, my podcast, my blog, everything at unexpected.org. That is where I hang out on the internet. And then all of my social media is at unexpectedmel. Perfect. Well, I will be sure and link all that in the show notes. And I so thank you for being here. And hopefully it's not the last time and we can continue to dig into these like deep issues, but really just bring them to light because I think that's what so many people need is just to realize it and to realize that they're not alone. So thank you so much for the work that you do and for continuing your mission to help change women's lives. Oh, thank you, Alexa. Melanie is such a wealth of knowledge and I can't tell you how much you need to grab a copy of her books. If nothing else, they will help you know that you're not alone. So my action for you today is to open up, to be vulnerable and bring out the hard things. I mean, we can all have that pity party that life isn't fair. I've done it plenty this year. To play the victim. But really, in the end, where does that get us? It really only leaves us in this life that we don't love. It's choices, and we must first choose to want something different and then work to get there. Maybe that means getting off social media for a while and instead scheduling a coffee date with your friend or putting away the phone and doing the awkward thing at soccer practice. The reality, like Melanie mentioned, we all need pursued and loved and we all want a compliment. We're judgy people, but instead, maybe we become determined to lift one another up. 
So find something, one thing, whether it's to compliment a stranger, hold a conversation during soccer practice with another mom, schedule a night out with a friend, or even find a good counselor to talk to to work on stuff. Whatever it is, we need each other. We all do. None of us can fully live unless we have people to help us pull us to that place. So today, make a choice to accept the grace, take the compliment, and count your joys. It's one day at a time, even if that means taking the time to grieve right where you're at. You, my friend, are loved, and I hope you know you are in a safe place here to be fully you, no matter what you think this world wants of you, or to put on that front that you think you can do it all. We all fall short, and that's okay. Show yourself some love. I want to leave you with my thoughts that have helped me turn my own corner. My friend, there is always hope, and that hope begins by accepting grace. So may you do that today. So with all that, I really thank you again for tuning in to yet another show. As always, I hope you found them incredibly helpful and encouraging on your own walk in this health journey. If you're in need of more accountability, motivation, and take a look at my own personal journey in health, I'd encourage you to sign up for my daily email where together we can encourage each other on this walk. We can be there. We can be a part of a community that's safe and that cares. To sign up for this daily email and to be a part of this community, head on over to simplerootswellness.com and leave your name and email address and you'll be receiving your first email from me in your inbox shortly. I can promise it's a great community to be a part of and I would love to have you there. And for all the information on today's show, as well as where you can find Melanie's books and all the resources she mentioned in that quick fire can be found at simplerootswellness.com slash 034. But before we go, I have one more incredible announcement. I have to tell you guys, I am over the moon excited that after 34 episodes, this podcast, Simple Ritz Radio, is still gracing the headlines of New and Noteworthy. Some say it's stuck, but I still think there's something bigger going on, and I can't thank you enough for being a part of it. I am elated and astonished and really just give all grace to God for that because this is his doing and not my own. But really, this new and noteworthy thing comes down to your dedication because you listen, you support, and you leave those ratings and reviews. So thank you so much for doing that and for being here and for being a part of something bigger. If you have yet to leave a rating and review, I'm always looking for more. These rating and reviews are not just for numbers and looks, but they actually serve a big purpose. The ratings and reviews help other people who wouldn't have otherwise heard about Simple Roots to find it, to make it visible and findable by other people. By leaving a rating and review, it opens the doors to allowing of thousands of other people to see the possibilities with Simple Roots and really to help create that change in their own life to allow them to be a part of something bigger a community of people who are like-minded on the same mission and really just have that passion for health to leave a rating and review head on over to simplerootswellness.com review it will only take one minute out of your day and i can promise there are always little rewards for people who leave those ratings and reviews so i would so appreciate you doing that again that's simplerootswellness.com review And before I leave you for today, I just want you to believe that you are beautiful, that you are kind, and most importantly, that you are loved. Accept it, believe it, and let it be a start to a new day. In the meantime, here's to another great week and accepting grace.